Hey, that's not me. Who are that? This is not Max Egan. Some of you have been like, dude, Max Egan is a is a clone. And he is. But I didn't know that until we saw this photograph. So now you know, right? Now you know. Welcome to the show. My name is James True, and I'm not muted. Um, I'm almost positive that that is the case. And uh, it is good to be here. Happy Friday. It's a wonderful day. Feeling the uh, loveliness of it all. Some deer are eating some uh, apples as I talk outside this morning. Yeah, and all that stuff. Sound good. Thank you, Noam. All right. Um, let's, uh, let's do some shows. So, oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, I should show you my face. Oh, man. Wow. What a week. What a what a beautiful week in the dojo. I, you know, I got to be honest. I I really thought I closed I thought I closed the dojo. And it turned out the entire time that never happened. Turned out it never happened. Turned out the dojo is almost like a wandering hot dog cart and it's attached to me and wherever I go the dojo goes with me and uh yeah so um i released a new course on wednesday i think you should check out it's called principles of dojo um there's a link and if <laughs> if i had a oh man if I, anyway there's like this ghostwriter person that i would say and if so and so put a link that's not gonna happen but yeah there's there's like a podi if you go to podi just look it up you'll figure it out but uh but we covered, uh, we started to cover the, that's right, Wandering Hot Dogs. We, we, we started to cover the principles of Dojo, and uh, um, they've never been more, more uh, appropriate um, than they are now. And uh, yeah, so you could take that course and, and learn along with me, right? Uh, learn along with me. But today, we are talking about Nazi clone triplets and not Max Egan. Uh, today, we are talking about this. And uh, I, 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 I speak a little bit, a lot, a, lo a lot, a little bit about the Oracle mythology where it's always showcasing you the, the truth is repeating itself over and over again. And just the irony of, um, I think, you know, uh, just the irony of, of how the, the same themes end up hiding behind the same anti, uh, quest for those themes. You know what? I'll, I'll just shut up and just get into it. Cause I don't think I'm making any sense yet on this but yeah uh nazi clones in hey where's my picture oh why my picture go away there's no picture when you hit reload you can put a picture there you can put a, put a picture there you can let everybody see a little picture there you're not like that there we go there we go yeah uh let's try this again in 1879 a pavilion for the insane, the first in of its kind in America, an approach considered revolutionary at the time, was erected within the grounds of Bellevue Hospital in New York. And uh, it looked like this. Uh, this is these are one of the pictures uh, from this place. These are not uh, AI renderings. You know what? Fuck, they could be. Jeez, man, right? Between you and me, right? How do you know? 
right? How do you know? You know, how do you, you don't. So I'm telling you, through my lips, I'm telling you these are actual photographs. And uh, uh, yeah, so um, they like 15,000 patients here. It's a lot of patients, it's a big, big place. And uh, first insane asylum, first place where actually they, they, they collected the insane. Bring out your, your crazies. And we will put them all in the same building because that'll help, right? We, we, and we, you start to understand what mental health is. Mental health is the application of health for you, the uh, society. Do you understand? So the Witchfinder General, this has been a role we've had for a while now, right? The Witchfinder General goes out and finds the things that are causing mental health problems in the community I want you to follow very closely what this definition means because the definition is not this guy's crazy. The definition is our, this village, our mental health would improve if you put this guy in a box. That's, that's really the better definition of mental health. I'm not even saying it's wrong. I just want you to know how it got here and that it's actually stayed. That same definition has been here the whole time. We just pretend that it's like, oh, oh, we will go help that other. Th you're not helping the person that you're putting in the box, right? The straight jacket, just because it's white, doesn't mean it's a good guy, right? Right? Some of you are still falling for the whole, hey, let's put a white hat on this. We'll put a white hat on this person. And then they'll come into the village. And they'll say, hi, oh, silver. And everyone will just be like, yeah, this is a good guy. And, oh, and there's Black Bart over there. There's a clearly, clearly the bad guy, right? But uh, when you're low calorie, this is all it takes, right? Bellevue's story can also be told through a remarkable run of medical milestones. It had the first nursing school. Right? It had uh, the first department of forensics and pediatrics. It had the first maternity ward, and it was also on the cutting edge of circumcision. That's right. Louis Sayer really did the first medical circumcisions, says Dr. Oshininsky, which I will not show you a picture of, so you will have to picture what he looks like through the, quote, the quoting voice that I give. I'll give it again. Lewis Sayer really did the first medical circumcisions. And what turned out, Mr. Sayer over here, uh, born in 1820, was a leading American orthopedic surgeon in the 19th century. And he first performed the first operation to cure hip joint ankylosis and introduced a method of suspending the patient, followed by wrapping the body to correct spine distortions and popularize circumcision in the United States. Uh, but that was not all this man did out of Bellevue. No, it was not all, because Louis Sayer was founder of the American Medical Association. The founder of the Med American Medical Association in 1870 <laughs> introduced circumcision in the United States as a cure for paralysis. That Louis Sayer said, hey, hey, you're, you're, uh, you're, your boy over there? Yes, doctor, yes. He's uh, having trouble walking, right? Yes, doctor, yes. We're going to need to uh, mutilate the end of his penis. Oh, okay. Like that, that this, is, this is the leading medical, this is Bellevue Hospital. This is the 
largest, most cutting edge, most, you get it. And circumcision is like rampant through this place because it is something. Most medicine is something. You know, you know, in the sketches, right? In like Pigs in Space. Actually, it's the, uh, the, Miss Piggy does the, uh, usually the uh, operating room, right? There's like an operating room and, you know, Miss Piggy's there and then the doctor's there and, you know, there's a narrator. And, and you always hear, do something, do something, do something. And, and that, that literally is the medicine. Look, it doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter how you do it. It doesn't matter if it works. Just do something. And most of medicine really is just something. And typically the most popular something that seems to project enough torque tends to be what we call medicine. That tends to be what, what, what ends up owning it. So not only was Lewis Saylor convinced that, that if he was to mutilate the end of a penis, it would cure paralysis. And, and by the way, it, 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 it didn't work. Yeah, I'm sorry. Spoiler alert. It turns out if you mutilate a young boy's penis, their paralysis doesn't go away. But this dude was was ahead of Bellevue Hospital. You know, he's the founder of the Medical Association. So clearly he knows what he's doing. And really, who are you and I as laymen, right? What are we, Google doctors now, right? We have no no business even getting into this. Now, that hip joint operation I told you about, right? The, the brilliant, you know, half the people died from that. And it turns out this was not a good idea at all. So circumcision, eh, kind of missed on that one. The hip, the hip surgery, kind of missed on that one. Now this, this, oh, the picture you're looking at, I'm purporting is a real picture. This is this is Lewis Sayer himself, founder of the American Medical Association, and the the patient that you see suspended from a tripod, uh, without a shirt, uh, has tuberculosis, and Sayer is convinced that by hanging her from a tripod, taking her shirt off. And wrapping her body in plaster of Paris uh, with his hands after mutilating probably her son's penis, right? That, that, that this is going to cure her tuberculosis. And this guy founded the American Medical Association. If you, let's take ourselves back to the first circumcision. And I want you to imagine that the very first time a circumcision happened, the very first thing that the moil, the person who does the circumcision, would probably, probably, uh, his very first motivation would probably be to justify mutilating, uh, mutilating someone's penis. And so, just like mental health, from the moment the circumcision begins, it becomes a, hey, how do we explain what we just did? How do we explain that what we just did was actually a good thing that actually did medicine? And when you look at the case of Bellevue Hospital and how uh, circumcision was being, it was a Hail Mary for anything at all. And I want you to understand that that method is core epigenetic shame. Do you follow me? It's core epigenetic shame trying to resolve itself. That we as practitioners, all of us are doctors, all of us are medicine practitioners, and we try to give medicine to people, and sometimes they fall over fucking dead. Sometimes we mutilate their penis. Like, oh shit, I didn't see that happening, right? Sometimes we do things we didn't mean to do. And, and in the process of doing that, you understand what medicine really is. Medicine is really... 
really a, an asynchronous connection between the patient and the doctor. The doctor is looking for the promise that what he does is helpful. If you think about the essence of the Hippocratic Oath, which, by the way, doctors don't even read that shit, but if you look at the theoretical applications of what the Hippocratic Oath is saying, it's really an ode to, I will never hurt anyone. The Hippocratic Oath really says, go out there and mutilate, and here's the oath that as long as you say before you mutilate, you're not actually hurting anyone. And so you recite the Hippocratic Oath to basically absolve yourself, right? It's an absolution. This exact same oath, by the way, took place in Crusades. I'm so noble, I will go shove this lance into someone's belly and then rape their wife and steal their their hogs, right? And as long as you say the oath first, right, it's really, if you look at the Hippocratic Oath, it's really the same as that white sheet that has a hole in it, right? It's like, hey, you can do whatever you want as long as you use a white sheet and there's a hole in it. Some of you people know what I mean, and I'll just I'll just leave it at that. This uh, medicine is a, just as much about the industry that's dispensing the medicine, wanting to verify itself as it is about the patient seeking help. In fact, I, I think it's much more about the uh, medicine trying to verify itself. And truly, that's just the difference between... Uh, uh, don't tell me. Don't tell me. Lapicious... Oh, gosh. Oh, I, could, I bet I bet Twilight Mist knows. Not, not Caduceus, but, but I, 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 I Lipidus. Uh, oh, man. Give me a second. Single Caduceus. God, if I had a dollar every time I looked this up, I'd have like, I don't know, four dollars. Uh yeah, the one stay the one staff yeah, Asclopius, right? Asclopius. That's that's what I'm trying to uh shit. You maybe you guys don't maybe not everyone knows about this. Maybe uh maybe uh maybe I should show this for a sec. Yeah. Let me just show this for a sec. I want you guys to see the second. Okay, uh, copy image, and let's go over here. Lewis is like, hey, baby, I'm going to uh, wrap you in uh, plaster Paris and make you feel better. She's like, are you sure this is going to work? He's like, yeah. Look, I'm going to need to take some photographs of this. And she's like, well, why do you need photographs? Like, it's for the medical uh, journal. It's really important we find the medical journal. And, uh yeah, so uh, anyone ever see Cannibal Run where that doctor, right, the uh, the doctor that has the syringe, right, and he's in the back seat the whole time and he's just like, oh, 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 yeah, right, and stuff like that. It's uh, kind of like that. Um, that guy was a really good actor. Like, he really freaking nailed that role. Seriously, that's off to that guy. Okay, so I can probably show you this now. Sorry. Oh, you were looking at it the whole time. Look at that. Look at that. You were watching me work behind the scenes here at James Drew Live. This... Uh, Right, the rod of of Asclepius um, is a is is a one sided snake. Right, this is Moses. Right, Moses would. If you read my latest book, there's a beautiful story about Jesus is in the temple at uh, Luxor, and he's as he's there, he's watching the magic of all these people gather. Because keep in mind, right, the Luxor temple has an outer court. There's an outer church. You've heard the words, right? Like. You know, the dudes with the nose, you know, the outer church, right? That, that, that actually was in Egypt, and the outer court, the outer church of that was where uh, uh, 
the piranha, the living hyena market of belief was, right? Any kind of, of meta-magic, think about it, magic medicine, that that faith-based magic medicine thing was, was convolving in a hot cauldron, right, outside. And when you got into Luxor, you got off your barge, you walked through the rams, right, the colonnade of rams, you enter the temple of, of Amun-Ra, you... you set forth your your intentions you set your right foot first before you enter the pylon you've entered the first portal egypt is all about portals that's why they have all these false doors right because they're not false you and i call them false you do realize i remind you that when the pharaoh closes his eyes what he sees in the burn the afterburn is what he thinks reality is and so when you look at how these temples work the portals are are crucial when it comes to this i'm getting way off track here but this, this rod of Asclepius is the staff of Moses. And that staff of Moses, I believe, came from this outer court. And Jesus was there. He was there in the outer court. And this medicine man, this dirty medicine man named Moses, had developed a cure. And he was bringing his medicine into the temple. And I think the book does it better justice, but the... The idea is, is that by wrapping the spectacle of a poisonous snake tied and wrapped around a staff and brought into the main temple. And if you can picture that, that snake with a rattle, right, a rattlesnake, if you picture the, the true meaning of, of Quetzalcoatl, the plume serpent, you have this horned serpent, this uh, medicine symbol. And this priest Moses has this really long stalk of maybe it's bamboo. It's a, it's a super long pole. And attached to that pole at the very, very tip of it is this snake. And he raises that staff up in the middle of the temple at exactly the right center point because he knows that the rattle of that snake, it's a seven-chambered rattle, right? We've gone over this rattlesnake. This is brilliant how this rattle works of keratin. And this seven-chambered keratin sets itself off and that the resonance from that snake echoes through the temple and that temple starts to shake and the dust itself from on top of those columns starts to fall. And Jesus is watching this whole thing and he understands for the very first time what medicine really is, what magic really is. And Jesus, the necromancer, was born. He was born in this lesson that took place in this outer court. And when you think about what that Moses character was doing, he was bringing dilation into the room. He was walking dilation right through the center of the oldest temple in the world and saying, I have it, I have it. And it worked. People found this medicine to be powerful because of how salacious it was. Remember, we've talked about John the Baptist, right? And that this idea that someone was gently laying you down in the water and the Sadducees and the Pharisees were just hanging out in lawn chairs going, oh, this is fascinating. He's gently touching that person's forehead with drops of water. Wow, this must be a huge ritual. We should write this down. That that's not what the fuck happened. How, why would that get written down? No, this is salacious spectacum. This is the rod of, of Asclepius. And that that medicine is the potency of the salacious belief that it elicits in you. And so when you go down to the waters and John the Baptist, he holds him and his disciples hold you under 
And Jesus saw that too, didn't he? That it was that near-death experience of, of almost drowning that led him to discover and understand the ways of magic. And as a child, when he was living in Egypt, and all those stories are left conveniently out of the Bible because there's no such thing as pyramids in the Bible, as you know. That he was learning the principles, the technology of belief, which allowed him to confront the blind man around his giant sympathy pile of poor me or I'm a victim or this person's persecuting me and to tell him, I see you. You see. And I see that you see. And he broke the spell that the blind man was using to victimize himself. I've somehow crawled all the way to the well. But hark, I am three feet away. Who is it among you will help me as I die of thirst? Who is it among you? And it's like, Carl, it's 7.30. We, we haven't even opened the, the banana pancake stand yet, and you're already out here begging. He's like, oh, I like to. Early bird gets the worm, you know what I mean? And, and most people don't even know that. I don't think we've ever found actually a case of a blind person that actually can't see something. Just, just, just point that out. And don't even get me started on blindsight. Actually, get me started on blindsight. You should totally get me started on blindsight because it's a fascinating subject. But hey, I'm not going to be guilty of sidebar because I'm. this is an inception of a sidebar of a sidebar of a sidebar if I'm counting right, right? Because we're talking about this because the Asclepius is already a sidebar. But it still comes back to the idea that the rod of Asclepius is not the rod of the Caduceus. Now, you could say the Caduceus is corrupt because the evil... Megalords who control things are created the Caduceus. You can say that, but the truth is the reason why the Caduceus is there is because the commerce of medicine, right? The symbol on the left is the commerce of medicine. The symbol of the right is medicine itself. And that the commerce of medicine is the only thing that makes it fly. Oh my God, the Caduceus has wings, James. Are you saying that those are related somehow? And of course they are. That Mercury, the messenger, has to get paid. And that's beautiful. There's nothing wrong with that. That all of the white blood cells that are going around eating uh, uh, whatever they deem not worthy to be here, right? That those, those creatures must be paid. That the white blood cells, if they are not thanked, if they're, if the, remember, think about what the origin of religion itself, right? We must praise the gods for this occur. All this is is will. All you're doing is exercising your will to heal in a very, very early age, right? Psychologically, consciously, at a very early age, you start to use these things to, to unwrap, right? James, you are just... What does this have to do with triplets, James? You got one snake and then two snakes. Oh, wait, there's three snakes. James, you're, you're talking about triplets in a subterranean way. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Never doubt me. Although, you should doubt me. So, yeah, Bellevue Hospital, right? right? Oh, what's wrong? He broke his arm. We're going to, to mutilate his penis, and I'm, we're sure he'll be better. Sure. Why? Why? Because the tremors of the last guy that did that are emanating. And the hospital's like, okay, so, by the way, there's this back thing. We need to justify this, 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 this. What is war, right? Thank you for your service. Thank you for your service. It's, it's, what, is the, what are these things? Epigenetic? trauma although i don't like trauma because we're going to keep pretending trauma shouldn't be here it's epigenetic waves baby the waves are are this is 
It, imagine sitting out the ocean going, oh, just wait for the, the ocean will stop. The ocean will stop. I'm not getting in the water till the ocean stops because honestly, that is rude. The ocean is rude as fuck. Getting all foamy on me and shit. Putting the waves up. Well, we'll just wait. This ocean will stop because all of this that you see, this is just trauma. This is just foam. This shouldn't be here. This is wrong, right? Now let's go surfing, baby. That's why there's two kinds of water, right? And you know what? Do you know why salt water has all the waves in it? Because salt holds memory, baby, right? And memory is experience. And experience is trauma. So the entire homunculus earth is expressed to you in the ocean because that's the turmoil that is your mind. The deepest sheol in the universe is your mind. And your mind goes all the way down to your toes. Your gut is your mind. You know that. That these three brains, these triune brains, right, of your gut, your, your heart, and your head, that these things are the Nazi uh, triplet experiment. Okay, well, maybe not that, but, but they're, they're, they're the triune brain inside of you. This is uh, Ring of Mothers. Uh, the first elephant, this is actually Doug right here. And Doug, Doug was here for this picture. He, he was like, why are we doing all this? But the other elephants had, had pretty much been psychologically uh, uh, mind-controlled. And they're outside performing for the mental patients. This is how big Bellevue was. By the way, this picture is like super tall. But I needed you to see the picture of Doug because he really took one for the team here. And uh, here's a 12-act performance outside Bellevue Hospital, April 25th, 1941. Uh, more than 5,000 uh, persons are in attendance, but actually those are patients. Um, I, I just pulled this little quote for you from, from Brett. This is a big, 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 big place. And when you understand how big it is, you understand how easy it is to basically just, just do whatever. And it's right there on the water. So you got all the emotions attached to it too. Like you just, you have, it's the perfect crucible for some weird shit. So how did a Holocaust survivor and the daughter of Sigmund Freud convince Bellevue Hospital to conduct Nazi experiments on triplets leading to at least three suicides in the name of psychology? Well, I'm going to tell you. Peter Neubauer, starring Peter Neubauer, Anna Freud, and good old cigar man himself. And, uh, yeah, let's get started. Uh, Anna Freud, with her father, and uh, Sigmund Freud here in 1913. Born in Vienna. Uh, youngest daughter of Sigmund Freud and Martha Bernays. No relation. Uh, she grew up in the comfortable bourgeois circumstance. Anna Freud appeared to have a comparatively unhappy childhood. In which she never made a close or pleasurable relationship with her mother and was instead nurtured by their Catholic nurse, Josephine. She found it particularly difficult to get along with her sister, Sophie. The two young Freuds developed their version of a common sisterly division of territory, uh, typical sibling rivalry, which, which as we all know, uh, makes, makes plants grow. Um, let see, there's a rivalry, somewhat troubled youngster, complained of her father in candid letters, but ultimately ended up uh, kind of imbuing him sort of becoming a shadow in many ways. Um, she was repeatedly sent to health farms for thorough rest, salutary walks, and some extra pounds to fill her all-too-slender shape. Freud said of Anna, she had become downright beautiful through her naughtiness. And uh, a 
one of her quarters. Freud was concerned that this man was interested in her and, and told him in a letter, she does not claim to be treated as a woman, being still far away from sexual longings and rather refusing man. And um, when, you, when you take in this picture of Anna Freud, it, it just finds it interesting that, that she would choose to focus so much on... Um, on what makes a, a home work. And one of one of the her biggest proteges was was this gentleman, Peter, Peter Neubauer. Now she ran a clinic in, I think it was in Germany. I'm sorry, it was in London. And uh Peter was following her work. And Peter's first paper was the one parent child and his Oedipal development. And Peter believed that a father's absence could just jeopardize child development. Uh, as seriously as maternal deprivation. Uh, worked closely with Anne. Oh, here it is. Yeah, the Hampstead Clinic in London. Uh, but but Neubauer was actually uh, worked, uh, hooked in with Yale. So you've got Yale and London, uh, each wanting to prove um, Freudian concepts. And, and I, I want to stress to you that they're wanting to prove that. They're, it's not that they're, they're seeking out, here's the theory, does it, can I make this stick, right? Like, like can I make this actually, actually stick? And, and I do that too. We all have theories about things, then we start to test them. We, uh, honestly, we, we probably don't spend nearly enough time uh, anti-testing them, if, right? And this is really the essence of, of how medicine works. And nothing really shows itself better than when Peter and Anna both decided that the way to prove their thoughts was to uh, carry on the uh, Nazi experiments where they would uh, incorporate twins and triplets into uh, their psychological experiments. And th this is this is not in Nazi Germany. This is in New York. And... Um, I hope that you can realize how helpful it is for New York to have now, they didn't have this when this was happening, to have a Nazi Germany. That all of us in America having the concept of Nazi Germany makes us squeaky clean. That we rely on the magic of, oh, well, they're Nazis, to make us feel better, right? It's a salve we apply, and it allows us to treat and do pretty much anyone harm. If you saw Principles of Dojo, you really know this. We really covered this idea that nothing is broken, that the idea of the world being broken is simply an excuse that Zionism, for example, will use Excuse me, to crusade, to burn a witch, to mutilate a child's penis, right? That the boy's paralyzed, I'll fix it, pull his dick out. It's, that's... That's how bad someone wants to succeed at being a doctor, especially in New York. And when you're in charge of such a large hospital, this becomes, this becomes a requirement. This is doping. Do you understand? You're looking at doping in the psychological world, right? Like Lance Armstrong. At the conclusion of his study in 1980, Neubauer reportedly feared that public opinion would be against his studies. You know, it's like, well, I think the public's going to probably be kind of mad and decline to publish it. 
And Yale agrees with him and has sealed his studies until October 25th, uh, 25th, 2065. Well, Janice, but what did he, what did he actually do? What did he actually do? Well, he killed, they killed a lot of people. A lot of people died in their care. Maybe I'll say that. How about I say that? How about I say that, right? Because we're not Nazis, right? I mean, come on, it's New York. So we wouldn't, it's not like we gas chambered anyone, right? We just, we just lied and manipulated and kidnapped them and separated them and blah, 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 blah. What are you talking about? Okay, let me tell you. Eddie Galland on the left. Uh, David Kelman in the middle. Robert Schaefer on the right. This is These are triplets. Born, uh, I think they're monozygotic triplets. So they're, you know, uh, same genes when they're born. That's why they, they, look, they look so similar. And Peter and Anna decided... The best way for us to uh, really study the how important a good family is is to mutilate one of them, <laughs> and so the uh, working through the uh, under the cover of a, an adoption agency, uh, they told the um, adopted mother that it's impossible for uh, for them to uh, place twins and triplets and that they would have to be separated because it's just how the system works and there's nothing else they could do. And, and actually the exact opposite is true. And so they purposely placed Eddie Galland in a blue collar family. They placed David Kelman in a middle-class family and they placed Robert Chiffron in an affluent family. And, you know, I, I realize these all, these people have separate, separate last names, but they're the same they were the same code. They were. If you watched the last episode when we were talking more about this, you, you already know that all the people that are saying genes don't change. And if you find something genetic like autism, then, you know, it's free pass. You can do it. And that's not true. That identical twins, that their genes will change as much as 80% as, as they grow. So your genes are changing a shitload as you age becoming rapidly different and and even though they're profoundly different you still see the similarities here you still see them some people will call it chance but you know how the universe works and it doesn't work that way it turned out that uh, eddie started going to a community college and when he was there i'm sorry david started going to community college uh and in new york and when he was going there people kept calling him eddie Eddie, hey Eddie, hey Eddie, and his name wasn't Eddie. And he found Eddie, and they realized, holy shit, we have to be brothers. And they uh, tracked down the adoption agency, which was a Jewish, uh, Jewish family, <laughs> Jewish family group, uh, anti-Nazi Jewish family group, and we separate, do twin experiments, right? You get it. It's perfect cover right and uh um those records that i told you are redacted in yale that we're not going to see till 1965 well these guys with lawyers uh were able to figure out that at the very least at least at least three of these triplets um experiments that they did one of the triplets died by suicide and, and at least three and it's probably more like 15,000. It's probably more like 5,000 to 15,000 twins. And you and I aren't going to see this until 2065. Why? Because Yale 
is uh, is saying they don't want you to know. Why? Because think about it. Lux et veritas, but only on October 25th, 2065. Now, I'm bringing this up now because in the name of science, in the name of medicine, your circumcision is fine. In the name of medicine, uh, mutilating a family connection is fine. In the name of medicine, suicide is fine, as long as you're writing it down. It's documented, right? And so when we're out there looking for the boogeyman, looking for the one doing the most damage, I think it's very unwise that we don't actually go to the hospital. The second leading cause of death is medical error, right? I think that's right. Prune my lips. But I think that's right. But because of the Hippocratic Oath, because of these secret epigenetic hauntings like circumcision, guys, there's never been a, a sanitary reason to explain that. And, uh, hey, I've been up and down the circumcision mountain, right? I, I, I've been all over this thing. I, I've, I've, I, I've been the condom on the circumcision mountain. I, I've completely circumvented the... Okay, the point is, is that I've compassionated every side of this. I don't think that, that my mom is evil for circumcising me. I don't think that society is fucked up for circumcising. I think that we are showcasing an epigenetic trauma and that that epigenetic trauma is giving us a bigger clue than we think. We lose understanding as each civilization collapses. The wisdom consciousness, the hurts it takes to see that world will collapse and if you saw my astronosis presentation, and which many of you didn't, and that's okay. Maybe you'll see it uh, here pretty soon. But uh, uh, I, I think when you look back far enough, you will actually understand that circumcision was uh, previously an umbilical cord ceremony. And that I can, I can show you slides where when you look at the sarcophagus, that uh, Mem, which we've talked about, which is the erect penis... Uh, dude is like this black dude with like this giant phallus and he's just like hey you know and he's like that's like one of our earliest uh, forms of Priapus and that that this this symbol as you as you go back further and further in sarcophagus is that that uh, that erection ends up rising higher and it's actually where the belly button is and then I'm trying to tell you that the different collapses that existed between Egypt and you have a whole new people, right? A whole new sand flea population. I, I, I mean this with eloquence. I really do. I'm trying to say that you have a whole new population that moves into the old uh, furniture. And that they look at the paintings and when they see that the umbilical cord is cut, that the eye of Horus, right? The, the Narmer palette, the very first makeup palette, one of the oldest makeup palettes we've ever found, shows you the pharaoh. And following the pharaoh is his placenta, his royal placenta is being led by a bald boy, a boy. Oh my God, I'm bald too. But yeah, it's, it's, it's that placenta, that the idea that we are missing our umbilical cord was a big deal in Egypt. It was giving you the idea to have an effervescent, energetic relationship with a piece of you that's missing. I believe this is what the true Aedem is all about, right? The atom, the primal atom before is the hermaphroditic atom. And that each, each of us are, are born from that code, from that genetic code, right? Where you're instantiated, but I'm instantiated from a male, which means I'm purposely missing ovaries. And that the missing pieces of those ovaries 
are part of the very essence of why I'm here. And that, ladies, you're missing a little something-something, right? You're missing the antenna down there. And that that missing part that you have is actually part of why you're here. So why are we here to miss a thing? Because we create it in our mind. And when we create these missing parts in our mind, we animize, we learn and train our technology of will and belief to create that which is not there. Whether it's going to be wings on our back, whether it's going to be fashion, whether it's going to be our name, our identity, uh, our property, all of these are systems that are intangible that we've created through the world and that we would only learn to create these through the world through the traumatic missing piece that comes at our birth. And that the very time you're born, you're actually told this is the ceremony. The Valley of the Kings is the Valley of the Gate of Kings, plural. And that when you go into those tombs that you think are there to hold gold, they're actually held placenta. The umbilical cord turns white. And it's wrapped in a spiral, and that spiral is put in a Coptic jar, and that jar is placed there. And Tomb Raiders took the jars and sold the jars and said, what is this old gook? And that that, we are looking at the Egypt of the Egypt of the Egypt, and it's gotten redneckier each time, right? It went from, uh, we went from umbilical cord down to let's cut off our penis. And we're still living through that epigenetic memory of all those things. We're still processing those things. And so even when my mom circumcised me, she's simply saying, learn, my son, there's a piece of you that's missing. This is the essence of Cain and Abel. And a master gardener knows that she must cane if she's going to split a, 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 a plant and propagate it somewhere else. If she takes a wandering Jew, just hilarious that it's called wandering Jew, but yeah, if she... Takes a clipping of Wandering Jew and she wants to spread it, right? She she canes that bit. She fucking clubs it. She clubs it. She cuts it in half and she she makes both of them suffer to where that gardener's now proliferated those Wandering Jews and now they are too. That the entire process would have to be painful. The entire process would have to have this tracers that ripple through time. And we still do this damage all in the name of science. And And here's the biggie. This guy, uh, Ploppin, gave a talk at, uh, at Google. Whoops. I'm going to try and get that link to you here. Um, sorry, excuse me. Pardon me. Excuse me. Didn't mean to show you those. Um, I need to get this link to you. Let me see. I'm not saying you have to watch this, but if you really want to look at the entire truth of nurture versus nature, nature versus nurture, then uh, this, to activate chat, please enable channels here. Uh-oh. You guys still there? Am I still on? It says, huh. Well, uh, it's not letting me paste this. All right, someone just, tricky woo, just type parasites. To activate chat, what's it doing that for? Sorry, just give me a sec. Uh, no? 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 All right. All right, thanks, Noam. For some reason, uh, Restream's not letting me uh, chat you. I can see your chats. Uh, thanks, guys. I can see your chats. It's just not letting me uh, 
let me send uh, send that link to you. But sorry, but you can dive it in uh, if you want, or you can look up uh, uh, Plowman. Yeah, someone will look it up. The, the, all of him can be summarized in this slide. This is this is huge. This is going to hurt a lot of you. A lot of you are out there. You're like, I'm trying so hard. I'm trying to nurture. Man, I'm nurturing my ass off over here, right? And man, there's there's a reason why Professor Robert Sapolsky says that that we are doomed. He doesn't use these words, but he's basically like, we are doomed. Everything is there is no such thing as free will. Because this this chart is showing you just how brutally ineffective nurture is. Do you see it? And I this guy's not this guy's going against the grain, right? He's actually the one that's saying, hey, maybe circumcision's a bad idea. I mean, he, he's never talked about circumcision, but I want you to know that he's actually not like trying to prop up the psychological industry. That's what Anna Freud was doing. That's what Neuer and Mauer were doing. They were like, we will torture triplets. We will, we will, we will cause these suicides because we really want to prove that this theory that we have is true because it makes us feel fucking better. And then this guy is telling you that, look. When you look at these triplets, and when they when they talk about experiments on triplets, they're they're looking at like there's a, a pool of like ten thousand, and they're tracing them through. Uh, so the early triplet experiments, then twin experiments that were done in Germany, a lot of those were done on people that they didn't even realize there was a difference between the kinds of twins that existed, right? And so if you were genetically looking for a certain specific thing, you would need to make sure that you find a, a monozygotic twin or whatever. And, and that a lot of times they would have a large group and study them, but they didn't actually realize that half the twins weren't actually uh, uh, the zygotic ones. We, we, this is all new. 1919, we're, we're just, just learning to discover what a twin even is. And, we, and they had crazy ideas some of the crazy ideas that they had in Germany is like, yeah, if you, if you cut off that twin's hand, this guy, this twin, his, his hand will start working again or something. And there's certain pieces that you can cut off a twin that'll cause growth in the other. And it was just all again, just like a circumcision. Well, there has to be a reason why. Well, let's try maybe paralysis. Hey, I like where you're thinking, John. I like this man. Give this man not a star. Those are gold stars are for special. Give this man a bronze. No, no. Just good job. Yeah. So you, 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 the truth is even more brutal. We really don't have a chance to really even stop and reflect because we're too busy just moving forward, moving forward, moving forward. And if you're in charge of Bellevue Hospital, you are not there to say, yo, we've made some mistakes. That's not going to work. That's not going to work. Your job is not to say we've made some mistakes, right? Yeah. Both my boys are not circumcised and they can be real dicks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, man, Heather, I, I, I tell you, I'm sorry. This is probably the fourth time I've said this and I've only had 400 episodes. So maybe I've only said it once every 100 episodes, but uh, I've read some of these older stories of, of, uh, of parents trying to just raise their children to like colonial America and, the brutality that they that they wrote about, that they had to do to break their child, to do his chores, to listen, to do whatever, was just horrendously violent. Like it 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 was just like holy fuck. You're reading this. He's like, oh what? He's like, yeah. And then I fucking clubbed him. 
And after I clubbed him and he woke up three days later, I put this rope around his neck and choked his fucking ass until he ate his corn. You know, it's shit like, and you're just like, what? What? And your first inclination is to think, okay, well, that mom's a fucking bitch. But think about how freely she's telling you what's required. Think about how much you'd have to push against the grain to even get to the place where where that would be the norm, where everyone's just over-abusive for no reason at all. You really start to picture the human spirit, where it's been. The King James Bible, right? The the King James, right, wrote wrote Demilog and 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 this this basically manual for for what's not allowed. And keep in mind that 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 the remedies that were utilized then were not rationally practical; they were superstitiously practical. That the only way you could uh, encourage an old man to use a cane was to convince him that the spirit of a horse was living inside the stick, and that's why this cane had a horse head on it. This is in that book. You're seeing the truth that early consciousness wasn't like, oh, take two of these and call me in the morning. This will cause swelling to go down. It wasn't that at all. And we're making assumptions that this, our context that we have is even correct. Because keep in mind, our context is included with a bunch of boobs that are like, oh, what's, you got the sniffles? Do you got the sniffles? That's no problem. Just, uh, just plop your penis up here. We'll take care of those sniffles for you. No problem. And do, do you want to talk about Civil War medicine? Huh? Raise your hand. Raise your hand if you want to hear me talk about Civil War medicine. Because you don't. You don't. That wasn't medicine. It was just like, hey. Hey, Ron, you bored? Yeah, I'm bored. Let's go saw this guy's leg off. Tell him it'll help him. Oh, I like this. Yeah, we can drink too. Oh, my God. This sounds like a day. This sounds like a day. Beats killing people. I'm I'm helping. Look at me. I'm helping. Right. Thank you for your service. So the whole thing is just a psychological mess is all. So, of course, Anna Freud's like right there, like literally tells you. I I, I have not had a good upbringing. But I'm going to write a paper about how crucially important it is that you have a mother and I'm going to torture twins to do it. I'm going to torture triplets to do it. But I'm not a Nazi. So it's okay. You've heard that right essay. Nazi, right? Nazi, right? You know it. You know what's going on. You know what's going on. You read the back of the box of cereal. I saw you. You can't fake it. There's Bellevue Hospital, too. This uh, <clears throat> lady over here in the window, you know that she was like, uh, I need you to scoot back a little bit. And perfect. Great. Okay. Everyone hold still. I know you're sick. Just hold still. Don't move. Oh, wait, this guy's not going to move. He can't move. He's paralyzed. Someone cut his penis. He's paralyzed, right? So so the, the, the setting was already there. And what we used to do with mentally ill, oh, my God, was even worse. And we would try anything. It was just free reign to do whatever. A lot of people like to talk shit about Ben Franklin. I have no beef with you talking shit about Ben Franklin, but a lot of people talk to like talk shit about Ben Franklin because he has uh, children's bones uh, in his basement, and they're like, "Well, clearly he's a sick fuck." And I have no beef with you wanting to believe Benjamin Franklin's a sick fuck. Seriously, go ahead. I don't care. And I also want you to know that you actually could compassionate what it was like back then for the rational mind to be coming online, that you were living in a world where you couldn't even autopsy a body 
because people would think that you were practicing witchcraft. And I'm not, again, I'm not saying he's right. I'm telling you that probably what he was doing was making deals with undertakers where he was buying bodies that he wanted to study. He was trying to learn how the body worked. Same with Rene Descartes. And Rene Descartes, that's a sick fuck. I'm not even going to let you say he's not. That dude's a sick fuck. The things that he wrote about, about what he was doing to dogs, that dude's a sick fuck. I, I've never read anything from Ben Franklin that said, and then the dog did this, and then I cut his tongue in half, and I put this wire in. I didn't read that. It doesn't mean it didn't happen, right? You can hate Ben Franklin. I don't mind. Some of you just need, I need to hate a founding father so I can be the only one that understands the truth. If it's like, I get it. I know, man. Use that magic. Circumcise. Cut that penis. Mutilate it. Mutilate it. Yosef Mengele. This man, right? Everyone knows this guy. Or sort of. Did not know his teeth were like that. That's interesting. That was a newbie on me. I was like, damn, that boy's got some dentures, right? Uh, this is uh, twin experiments performed to prove how superior phenotypes were determined by genetics over the environment. Amputating healthy limbs, trying to see if they can make them grow back. Deliberately infecting the limbs with diseases such as typhus. Blood transfusions from one twin to the other. Literally sewing twins together to create conjoined twins. And the Nazis weren't the only ones doing this, of course, but... This is why, as long as we get to call them all the Nazis and no one else is doing it, it's just those Nazis. Shame on you, Germans. It's all you. Everyone else is a good guy. We just circumcised genitals, right? Uh, Core, Miss Core claimed to uh, cross-transfuse the blood of opposite twins, sex twins, to change their respective sexes, experimented on twins' genitals, attempted to attach the urinary tract of a seven-year-old girl to her own colon. Very South Parkian. Most twins died during these procedures, with 14 twins having their hearts injected with chloroform in one evening. Out of the 1,500 twin subjects of these experiments, only 200 survive. Uh, we used to have people that watched the show that just utterly loved Hitler, and they might be like, that's not true, and I don't fucking give a shit. Believe it or not, believe it. I really don't care. Prove my lips. Whatever. I know that we do this stuff. I know we do. And I'm not interested in deciding which group is the one doing it. I think we do it. We do it, right? It's what we do. It's what we do. This is this is us. Our buck teeth, right? I'll fix your paralysis with a a twin. I wanna I wanna mutilate his penis first. I'm gonna try that first. Always go penis first. Then you then you do a, pen, a twin experiment, right? The fascinating thing, if you saw my last thing on uh, Argentina, is that this dude did a lot. He was like the the most famous one. And he died in, in, in 1979. Like, he lived the rest of his life fine. Hanging out on the beach. And he did it in Argentina. He did it in Argentina. The same place right now where I'm telling you that those horses are cloned. And that probably the owner of, of the clone company himself is a clone too. And how could it not be? How would it not be that way? You have to understand what it's like to be born in there. Before I go to the next slide, I need to point out that it is claimed that Mossad was trying to find this man. And there is nothing more, more back-ass words than Mossad. And the fact that they claim to be trying to find this man and he lived a full enough life to where he was able to drown himself while swimming off the coast of Bertogia proves to you that Mossad had zero interest in finding him. 
that the entire clown operation of Nazi and Nazi Hunter are both intricately interwoven like a caduceus, right? See how I did that? Like a caduceus. The messenger. One is medicine. One is the messenger for that. And if he doesn't have the messenger, then the medicine does not work. It's actually not wrong to say the caduceus. It's practical to understand that in order for this to work, there needs to be a an AC, right? Moses' staff, that's DC medicine. Caduceus is AC medicine. See the difference? AC, DC? Back in circumcision, I cut my dick. I'm glad to boot, I want to, gotta yeah, break the wheel. Never feel, you know. Hey, 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 hey. Yeah, you get it. So, Ubermentia, what is this? Well, Right during this entire time, you have Hitler. You really have a, a a state policy of psychologically being told that you are genetically enhanced master race, and because of our own fear of Ubermensch of our of our supermania of our ability to be Superman, because of that own fear. I believe that we actually are more responsible for the annihilation of the Nazi thoughts than anyone else. It's a very delicate thought, isn't it? But I want you to picture that for the very first time, a nation, not a person, but a nation itself had enacted a policy, maybe not for the first time, but for the first time in, in, in a certain era where people saw it, that an instrument of psychology was utilized to encourage Ubermensch, the Superman, to encourage the German to stand up, to erect himself, and that the brutal reaction that you see to that erection is directly proportional to how threatening Ubermensch is to the spirit of man. And this, this, is, this is really really a crucial point, I think, because it comes to this element of vitriol, because what did Hitler really do but raise a man's expectations only to punish him for growing? That the very first thing that Hitler did is say, sprout, sprout, and then burn, burn. It's the caning, right? the caning on a massive scale, and the rest of the world said, we are not ready for Ubermensch, we're not, and we will destroy you. Please, 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 when you hear, hear what I'm saying, I need you to understand, if you don't know, that the Allies, probably responsible for like, maybe 4 million, maybe 5 million unnecessary deaths, like after the Germans had even, like, surrendered, that the supply chains that you saw cut down, if you, if you have enough hertz, if you can afford to see the truth of this, you're just looking at a mass eugenics program disguised as a war. And this is not the first time. The Battle of the Georges, if you've been watching this channel, you've, you've actually seen, I've shown you proof. I've even shown you the truth of the Battle of Normandy, that tens of thousands of soldiers landed without radios and that their entire radio communication was thwarted to 19 people in one company and that that company was a warfare deception company that was broadcasting messages as if they were coming from the enemy in order to elicit a war. 
You know the Christmas story, right? Of World War II? It could have been World War I, but I think it was World War II, right? It's like Christmas Eve. And suddenly peace breaks out of the foxholes. You know the story, right? And that for that for that afternoon, both sides agreed without any Germans or I mean without any generals or whatever, you know, no no official parlays that the people on the ground decided themselves, hey, why don't we just not kill each other for Christmas? And they agreed and they did it. And they started playing soccer. They started exchanging gifts. And and the military complex tries to to paint this as this is a singular event that occurred that was just a really special thing that just shows deep down even though we're killing each other we're all good guys and that's actually not what happens at all it turns out that the average person does not really have like a strong desire to go kill another average person that it requires propaganda it requires a uniform it requires the cellophane of the mind control right so think if you serve shave your head all the other stuff that all those things are required first before you will even consider doing that what did i tell you about gettysburg right out of all the rifles that recovered thousands of rifles thousands they were still loaded they were still loaded. 88%, someone pruned my lips, but I've got the statistic, I just don't remember right now, but it's like 88% of those rifles were only reloaded once. These people weren't there to fight. The Battle of the Kegs, right? Two different sides shooting barrels of, of gunpowder in the river simply to try and start a war before dawn, right? The Ubermensch is a psychological reaction. And one of the hardest lessons to learn is this concept. Do I counsel you to slay your instincts? Or do I counsel you to innocence in your instincts? This is a biggie for me. I was trying to explain this to someone this week. That I have zero beef with appetite. That you come to me with a heavy appetite and I say good. And you come to me with a heavy appetite and you're shoplifting and you're stealing food from my plate and everyone else's plate because your appetite is so big. And I'm looking at you and I'm saying to you, good, I am not here to destroy your appetite. I'm here to show you your appetite. I'm here to put you in the innocence of your appetite because when you see what you're doing to fulfill your appetite, you grow. It's the caning that causes that growth. Ubermentia. This is vitriol. And we'll be covering this next time on Principles of Dojo. But I don't use this word lightly. That this concept of vitriol that's built into all these things, that when you when you look through the the Oracle of Vitriol, you understand exactly why Ubermentia took place. You understand exactly why we are circumcising and, and experimenting and twisting and doing all the things that we're doing to each other is that that pain is how we visit the interior, right? And that the only way that we discover an otherwise unknown foundation is by losing what we thought we had. And when you uh, translate vitriol, visita interiori, terra, rectificando, and venes or colutum lapidum, visit the interior of the earth, and by purifying yourself, you will find the hidden stone. This hidden stone is, 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 is you. It's your posture and stance under the truth that you've been raised by mutilators. 
an ubermentia, and that you're responding to appetites that are so strong that that just three generations ago on the Great Prairie, your mom literally had to beat you with a board to get you to eat corn. And that even now, as soon as you're born, we've come up with this idea that if I mutilate the end of his penis now, maybe he'll, he'll be more behaved later. And so I'm not on the, on the bend again where everyone who's evil, who's circumcised, I'm not there. And we're looking at the entire process and insisting, insisting that nothing is broken. Nothing is broken. Nothing. I'm not here to stop you to try and fix things. I want you to understand deeply, profoundly. Actually, I don't. This is the free show. You guys aren't even into dojo here. It's not it. But if you're in dojo, if you're working on this alchemical growth, these are the things. I'll save that. I'll save that part. You guys don't need to hear that. We're having a happy little Friday day here. But I'll tell you, it's always going to hurt. That the principles of alchemy are basically sodium, sulfur, and mercury. And what is medicine? What is the caduceus? It's mercury. And those are the three principles of alchemy. There's only three. Sodium and sulfur. Sodium belongs to the alkali metals and is so soft that it can be cut with a knife. Then the metallic surface can be observed, which is usually covered by an oxide layer. It's best to use a small piece of sodium because otherwise the You know what? I'm going to save this for Dojo. I think a lot of uh, our deeper esoteric stuff gets lost in the live stream. And we tend to react more to the, uh, not the ubermentia, but the, uh, the poppy. I need another word for, uh, not anti-ubermentia, but just dementia. There you go. Oh my God, dementia. Oh my goodness, did you hear that? So yeah, I'll save that. You want to come... Lindsay, check it out. You you can learn more about Dojo, and if you go to the uh, Podia course, you can you can uh, catch up. We went over the first nineteen uh, principles of Dojo, and then, and uh, we'll be going over the rest the rest later. Uh, yeah, big week here uh, at J True Dreams True Live. A lot of movement. In fact, uh, the airship that's about to happen today uh, is probably bigger news than this live stream. And uh, there's just all kinds of energy going on. So I'm looking forward to getting in there. In fact, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close it down because I'm going to take a little break and uh, rest up because that's going to be a pretty big airship. If you've never been to airship, come. If you need an invite, I think if you put it in the chat, you might need to put your email in there in case no one knows you. But if you put it in the chat, that we have plus ones. So someone can send you an invite to that. You could join us today and talk more about stuff like this. Um, you can catch up on those Podia courses. My new book, Arco Baphomet's out. Uh, we got all kinds of things going on, so there's there's lots to do. Um, one final thing that I wanted to bring up even earlier is, uh, you guys know Spirited Away, right? <clears throat> it's that movie, Spirited Away, Khalil Gibran, or I can't pronounce his name right now, but not Khalil Gibran, but it's like Gabriel Gabrilia or something. Um, Spirited Away has this character called No Face. And No-Face is a black shadow character with the, the white mask. And No-Face is wandering the streets, absorbing negative emotions. And he absorbs these negative emotions, and he carries them. And he carries them, and he processes them, and he sits wherever the negative emotions are best found. 
So he's found at the bus stop in the rain. He's found at the cemetery. He's found at the hospital. He's found in the driveway before the man wants to even walk in his house. There's, there's no face. And his entire appetite is negativity. And he's the most compassionate thing I've ever seen. He's wandering around, drinking all, all the negative emotions that he can. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. And I, me and, uh, me and a friend were realizing that uh, this is the moon-eyed people. There, there, there's a legend here in Tennessee of the moon-eyed people. This, uh, and the Cherokee drove the moon-eyed people out. And these moon-eyed people were black uh, nighttime figures. They could only see at night. And that they, most of them had a, a lack of melanin. And that the Cherokee drove them away because they, they, were, they were evil. And I think that really those, those were no faces. The Moon-Eyed people were, were drinking the negativity of the world. And Cherokee, by driving them out, said we have no room for negativity. And 200 years later, the Cherokee were gone. In fact, not only were they gone, but they were sentenced to a trail of tears. A trail of emotional pilgrimage back to their sadness, back to their negativity. The no face is the archetype of these moon-eyed people. And they're the most compassionate beings you could ever imagine. The reason why you don't hear them say words is because they don't need words. They are bestowing their witness on you. It's, it's really, really, really beautiful. And it's right here in Tennessee, right here. Fall Creek Falls, in fact, is a state park there. And if you're a patron, only if you're a patron, you can come to our gathering there. We're going to have a gathering in October. So you should check that out if you want. But you got to be a patron. We did 5-5 and we opened it to the general public. By the way, some of you can't join Patreon, but you know us. And, and you know, just let me know. We'll figure something out. But it's like at 5-5, people came. We hosted this party. We fed them. We entertained them. And then... They came, they had a great time. Some of them followed me home. And then those very same people would then turn around and, and tell everyone how, how I'm a cult or I'm a cult leader or talk shit about us on other channels or whatever. And it, it made us who put all this love into being a host kind of feel, well, that wasn't very nice. So this gathering, 1028, it's, it's for us. It's for the tribe of patrons. I, I, I could not do this show without you. And if you, if you don't like what I'm doing, if you want to unpollinate me, just don't be a patron. It's okay. I, and I, I will take my, my Kobayashi, I will take my no face mask and, and I will, I will find another, another place to go. It's, it's, uh, it's okay. And if you, if you like what's happening here, if you like the message over here, I could use your help on Patreon. I really could. I really could. So many of our patrons are kind of heavy lifters and they're doing it for everyone else. And I think if everyone else got more, we could just lower the, the bar entirely and just let people join at whatever level. But we need to keep that 33, and uh, we're, we're not at 33 right now. So if you've never considered being a patron, and this gathering sounds good. There's a lot of goodies, by the way. You, you missed our free course. that we, we gave that away if you're a patron, so you already missed that. 
There's at least seven or eight courses in there you've missed. Did you know I wrote a screenplay that only patrons see? Did you know that there are two more books that are about to come out and, and patrons already know what's going on with that? So there's a lot of fun things doing there. Uh, some of you are like, I don't like patron. And it's like, yeah, well, that, that just means you don't you don't actually like the ability to help produce the show. And that's OK, too. I don't I don't need your help. I have patrons and I'll I'll keep doing it as long as it is. I, I love doing this stuff and I want to go deeper. And uh, thanks to patrons, I can do it. So. Yeah, guys, have a have a great day. I'm going to play you something. Hope it'll kind of get your mood right and enjoy yourself. And, uh, yeah, if you've never been to Airship, come tonight. Uh, I'll give you some time to uh, talk amongst yourselves in the chat and send out your little, I need a plus one or whatever it takes. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you then. Love you guys. If all of us were this Kombiashi, man. You'll see him at Fall Creek Falls, I promise you. Creature comforts. Peace should come first. If I keep eating sweets like this, soon my teeth ain't gonna work. Used to sleep through love hurts. Deep in slumber. Hard to bring eyes sight to see that your need should come first. Yeah, you is a pretty thing, don't let somebody be your only way out. Hard to hear heaven sing, but those petty strings bogging your brain down. What's that mean? I'm just an idiot Photoshop an image in the feed We're the real one All I ever wanted was some peace and tranquility All I see is problems and the stars is a million The mundane is beautiful Singing a silly song Bitch, I'm the Billy Go Gruff Then she tread on me with that old fake love I'm enough, I'm enough, I'm enough, I'm enough Can't you say that once? Get it in your gut If you're a small town, baby Y'all just trust Got the gate to the world in your backyard bluff Find a way to sit still or you won't feel nothing Ain't no need for a rush You can fall in love Will you stand in place? Let it fill your lungs, read it all right in Cause you ain't here long, yeah A simple man is pretty ass Anything you should hold on to your peace Quotidian is pretty ass Anything you should hold on to your Have a great day, y'all. See you next time. Horsey time. <laughs>